Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to The Filmmaker's Life. This is an interview that we do every two weeks. My name is Joanne Butcher. I am a business coach for filmmakers. I work with filmmakers on the on the topic of raising money. That's my um, specialization uh, is about money, but it's, it's sort of in more broadly, it's about money, career, sustainability. Uh, and ultimately it's about getting your films made. <laughs> so that's what I'm very interested in, in seeing. So today I am very excited to introduce you to Kopal Goyal in India. And Kopal, you are, when I tell you how excited I am, I'm serious about it. Emily knows. So Emily Smart Anderson, who's the filmmaker liaison for Filmmaker Success, she is now managing the whole of the filmmaker's life. So for the last three months, every, every two weeks when it came up to the interview, I said, Emily, is it Kopal this week? And she would say, no, Joanne, Copal's not coming yet, you know. And then two weeks would go by and I'd say, is it Copal yet? And she'd say, no, Joanne, Copal's coming in August. And I would say, is it Copal yet? And it's been like that the whole time. <laughs> so I just wanted to tell you, I am super excited to finally meet yeah, you. Yeah, well, glad. Yeah, I'm also excited to finally meet you. Yeah. Yeah, and so there are many, many, many reasons why I was so excited, and we'll get to those. Um, we'll get to those reasons. But the first question that I always like to ask filmmakers is to go way back to the beginning and tell me when you first knew that you were a filmmaker. Okay, so uh, I did not know until I joined rock climbing, actually. After getting into this sport, as I was seeing that there are people who are very exciting and the sport itself is quite exciting. I mean, um, they, there is this uh, fear all the time, what will happen, what will not happen. Uh, people are taking risk in their lives to perform that sport. And um, uh, in India, because this sport was not established at the time when I joined, so they, all the people, they were quite talented, but they were all on a struggling phase. So I thought that I have basic knowledge of how to, you know, handle camera. And maybe I can edit because during my college days, I used to edit, edit uh, people's documentaries. Uh, so, uh, yes, uh, I gathered the strength and uh, made me realize that, okay, I can do it. I can bring this story out uh, and uh, let people know that, the even people in India they practice rock climbing, they practice other extreme sports as well. So, um, yeah, that was the time when I actually realized that I should, I should be a storyteller. Mm, that is very, 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 very interesting. Um, so years ago, I was on a plane, I can't remember where I was coming from, but anyway, I was on a plane and we were landing in Fort Lauderdale in Florida. And I sat next to this Scottish guy and he told me he was a National Geographic photographer. And that just exactly like you, he started out as a surfer and now he specialized in surf photography for National Geographic. 
And so we're on the plane. We're like, chat, 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 you know. And he started showing me photographs. And I'm like, wow. You know, then he started showing me photographs of Mount Everest. And I'm like, wow. And then, and this was the moment that really got me. And this is something to do with you. He was showing me photographs of Mount Everest. And then he said, well, I was standing over here. And then I took the shot like this. And all of a sudden, I had this realization. It sounds really stupid. Like, how could anybody do this stupid? But I suddenly had the realization that he was on the mountain. And then I realized I had him go back and show me all the surf surf photography again to realize he was in the water. And so... Do you, do you see what I'm saying? It's like a conceptual thing, you know, right, right. beautiful photographs of beautiful mountains or whatever all the time. I suddenly realized where he was, you know, when he was capturing those moments of those surfers and some kind of, you know, thing, he was in the water with them. And that blew my mind. And so when I realized that you were making documentaries about rock climbing and, you know, extreme sports and so on, I'm like, but wait, how is this possible? So it's interesting that you started out as a rock climber and said, oh my gosh, these stories need to be told. Right. And you said that, you know, the the sport wasn't well known in India. Um, I'm not sure how well known it is in America, even though people, you know, it's a big thing here, but how well yeah. is it anywhere in the world? How, how this sport is in Olympics now. It's been in Olympics since 2022, since the COVID time. But because of that delay, competition happened another year. And um, yeah, first Olympic happened and now second is going to come. I see. Oh, that's and good. Yes. And this, uh, this sport is quite popular in Western countries. I mean, uh, even if you... Uh, I've seen, even if you talk about Asia and Southern part and Western part of it, um, there are so many good athletes. I mean, people are growing and growing and they are just uh, going beyond their limits. So it's, it's, a quite, it's quite a popular sport now. Yes. And um, I have to say, yesterday... I had, I had a meeting um, at 8.30 in the morning with somebody in England and I was late because I watched the um, landing of the Indian um, moon, moon, I'm not sure what they're calling it, a shuttle. Chandraya, Chandrayaan. Chandrayaan. Yes. Moon, and I was crying and I got onto my meeting. I was like, I'm so l- sorry, I'm late, but I'm, I just watched the Indian moon landing. He didn't know anything about it. And before I happened to catch it yesterday, I didn't know anything about it. And so I feel as though watching your work and watching the landing yesterday, I feel a little disappointed in myself because I feel as though I was ignorant about certain things. This is why I was so excited to meet you, Kopal. But but I felt as though, well, I didn't know India was in the space race. I think I vaguely knew, you know. Uh, but I find, especially living in America, you know, we get very, 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 very siloed. It was much more multicultural in England, I find. But um, I feel as though in England, maybe people, but but my English colleague didn't know about it. So um, I was just super excited to find out that 
there's women in India engaging in extreme sports. I was like, oh, what a concept, you know? So as I said, I'm a little disappointed in myself that I didn't know about it, but it's very exciting to me. So what is it like to be a woman in extreme sports in India? What are the, what are the highs? What are the lows? What are the pros? What are the cons? Uh, you know, when I made my um, first short film, which is Project Wild Woman, and it was received, well received by um, global festival, film festivals, and um, made it to some famous film festivals as well. And as people watched that film, I received messages from across the globe, like UK, most of the letters were from UK. Mm-hmm. There were some from um, other parts of India. There were some from Germany, things like that. And uh, I was quite shocked to hear what they had to say because um, before that I was like, okay, this is not just India. Before that, I used to think like, okay, this is just India problem, cultural problem, there are biases, there, there is this gender, gender issue, there is this cultural issue where women don't feel uh, uh, strong enough to go out and perform such kind of sports and take risk openly. And, uh, and if, even if they take, they are termed as um, manly or boys, women. Uh, but uh, after reading those letters, I realized that, okay, this is not just here, but it's everywhere. There, were, there, there was this lady who was in her 50s and she wrote that now she has at the stage where she uh, wants to pursue the love for uh, sports. Because uh, before that, her father was not supportive to her. And that is why she had to wait this much in, of her life. She had to spend that much of her life to get the right time and uh, practice that sport. And mm-hmm. there was this one lady from UK uh, who uh, said that uh, she practiced rock climbing, but because uh, you have to uh, do other exercises, which of course uh, alter your body figure and things like other things, uh, she was having issues with her boyfriends because. For him, she was not being feminine now. She was not being feminine in uh, that beauty figure anymore. She is being masculine and uh, uh, other things. And uh, that made me realize that, okay, uh, I think uh, this is a cultural stigma and it's not just limited to any specific land or country, but it is... It is in the air. It is in the air until and unless there will be people who will think like there is difference between men and women. This problem will exist. And the day when they stop thinking about that, that problem will diminish. And can you tell us a little bit, Kopal, about that first film? What was it called? What was some of the, you said it was in some famous festivals. Tell us a little bit about that. What was it about? Yes. Yeah, so uh, this film, that film was inspired by my own life because uh, when I actually started practicing rock climbing, I was not really being supported by my family members, my parents especially. And my father was... May I say, I I can understand why. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's good. You're going to do what? (laughs) 
<laughs> yes and uh, how are you going to make uh, your living you should be uh, because before that i used to uh, i was in a job 9 to 5 job and i was earning some basic amounts and for them it was like now you're going to even lose that basic uh, earnings because this this export will not give you any money because there is no success uh, success story or there is no professional opportunity in this sport how like if people will ask me how will i tell them that my daughter practices rock climbing and uh, for them even when i was teaching uh, people yoga classes just to earn money to earn make my living so that i can practice i can pursue my passion for rock climbing that was also a bit of a uh, stranger uh, concept for them especially okay. my father uh, yeah so uh, that film was uh, what did you say you what? were what did you say you were teaching i was teaching yoga yoga, yoga. to make my livelihood yeah okay. so that i can pursue my passion alongside yes okay. yes uh, so uh, project wild woman is about 14 uh, wonderful women across india who practices rock climbing and through that film i just wanted to bring the bring the reality of uh, and and the uh, and the human side of women practicing rock climbing and not um, thinking about societal norms which have been set for spe- for specifically one gender uh so yeah that film um went into bamf which is so bamf happens in canada everywhere and this is one of the very big festival for extreme outdoor sports films uh, outdoor sport film documentaries what is the name of the festival bamf b a n f m bamf yeah uh, and so that's, uh, amazing. that's amazing so you got into yeah. bamf with your first film Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, and it made it to Sheffield uh, Adventure Film Festival also. Women uh, Adventure Uncovered Women uh, Film Festival also, where London Mountain Film Festival, where it uh, won People's Choice Award and uh, New Talent Award in some festivals. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Let me go back to Banff. So, um, uh, one of one of my clients. from years ago was also part of this world that you're talking about i think of it as the extreme sports world the outdoor world and the um adventure world the adventure world so uh were you able to go to banff for that uh, no uh, no i wasn't able to go to but because my film made it to and uh, of course uh, that time was uh i i had no money to go there because they invite only i i don't know whom they invite some film festivals also invite participants but uh, i'm not sure who they invite and how they do it so. and you you're using invite in the sense that some film festivals when you get yes. a festival they pay for your travel and for your accommodation i believe yes sunnan still does i guess i I have to ask this filmmaker I just met um in uh the Democratic Republic of Congo. He he just had a short film in Sundance this year so I have to ask him because the majority of film festivals don't do that especially not for short filmmakers. 
Um, but just by having your film in there, uh, can you tell us a little bit about Banff and what kind of films? Because it's not all rock climbing, right? So um, Yes, it's not all. What's the they support environmental films. They support extreme and outdoor sports films. They support uh, also, they, they also have competition for books uh, about um, economical, uh, sorry, uh, uh, which actually talks about climate change and environment issues. Uh, they have a lot of categories actually, but it's all related to mostly outdoors. Mostly outdoors, right. So what I learned from my client was that there's this whole outdoor world, right? There's this yes. whole world. international, it's interested in the environment, as you said, it's interested yes. in extreme sports, extreme outdoor experiences, yes. adventure. Yes. Now, I think there's a lot of interest in people of color in the outdoors. Yes, they are, they are promoting this a lot. Yes, and women in the outdoors and now mental health in the outdoors. Because, of course, mm. I mean, there's instant healing in the outdoors, I think. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, most of the films are about uh, being mentally, mentally recovered, re like how people uh, find themselves mentally and physically challenged and how they uncover themselves in the outdoors. Yes. And so you also just mentioned my favorite topic, money. Um, so, uh, and you said, well, I didn't have enough money to go to Banff. <laughs> and, and you already told us you quit your job, even though your parents said, don't do that. You were teaching. Yes. How did you find the money to make your film? Uh, so, yeah, I did. Um, uh, I did run some campaigns. Uh, to right. have public uh, so that p people can donate and I, with that help I can uh, make the film and uh, I also tried to uh, find some sponsors and I found one good one but at the second part of the film when the when half of the films was shot then for the second half of the film, I got this sponsor and there were other sponsors also who actually helped me in little ways like contributing gears, uh, giving uh, uh, health or uh, uh, some health snacks or whenever like when I'm in outdoors, I uh, was able to have them, have them with me. Uh, some with clothes, uh, very basic clothes. But yes, uh, nothing can um, compare the need of money. Nothing can actually, uh, you know, fulfill the uh, need for money. So, so yes. Kopo, the, the sponsor, I think you might be the first filmmaker I've interviewed, and I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, you might be the first filmmaker who has said, I got a sponsor especially on okay. the first film. Can you tell us a little bit about that sponsor? We can, we can. Uh, <laughs> yes. So uh, he had a travel company and uh, he had, he was looking um, that industry from the different perspective. And he saw that similarity through in me and my ideas. When I go to him, when I went to him and I presented the, uh, the concept of the film 
uh, he was like, okay, okay, I'll give you just, just tell me how and uh, how much do you need and things like that. But uh, there is this very interesting story when I was actually starting to work on this story uh, and finding people to collaborate so that, you know, I can, um, because uh, I wasn't able to, I had no bank balance at that time. And uh, because I had to travel all across India to different states and all these posts are quite expensive. So I was asking people, uh, in a way, like if they can help me with train tickets or flight tickets, if they can help me, me with accommodation or food expenses in parts, in parts and bits and pieces. And um, people actually loved that, my entire idea. And they said, do you think that you will find these women? And even if you find these women, how will, do you think that in one single film, you will be able to feature these many women? And what will their story, how will you know, work with so many characters that film is not, you are not actually um, on the ground. You are just flying in your own ideas with your own dream, within your own, own dreams. And I was like, okay, I didn't say much to them, but I was like, okay, in my mind, even if you don't believe, I believe in my idea and I'll see what I can do. Wow. Uh, how do you think, Kopal, that you had the mental fortitude, the strength to have all those people say to you, basically, you're crazy? <laughs> how did yes, you? Yes, I'm shocked. What is it about you that had you be strong enough to tell people, listen to people say, you're crazy and keep going. What What is it about you that had you be able to withstand that kind of negativity? Uh, I am, I belong from a very small village. My parents live in a very small village. There is no education, there is no infrastructure and other facilities. And uh, I had to leave early for my education so that I can have some decent uh, education. Uh, and I, but I was always homebound internally, but I had to live outside of my home just for the sake of, you know, having some nice education for myself. Uh, so when I was in this situation, felt all stuck and I was also, uh, not healthy for so many months just because of so many things going around in that time. And, um, I was not doing mentally and physically well, but I never stopped uh, practicing rock climbing. And uh, I think that became my strength. And um, some days I realized that, okay, I haven't sacrificed so many things. My uh, living with my family, living, uh, you know, especially my mother, uh, sharing that space and everything just to, just to give up on my dreams. And I think that was the that was uh, the key moment where I asked myself that okay, no matter what, I even if I have to fight with all the people in my life, even if I uh, separate myself, even if I have to separate myself and I have to leave alone, leave my family, I won't stop pursuing my passion. That is 
so fantastic. I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it quite like that about if I, if I had to leave my family to follow my dreams, then I'm not going to stop because of what you said, you know, and I had a very similar thing that I would say to myself, which is, um, you know, I'd run into some negative person or something or other. And I would say, you know, I don't live 8,000 miles away from home. Well, I'm back on the East coast now. So 5,000 miles away from home, just so that I can, in my situation, I left a very abusive home. And I was like, well, if I, I, if I managed to leave abuse back 5,000 miles away, I'm not going to put up with any abuse here. That was how I would say, I'm, like, I'm not going to spend time with a bully, you know, after I've left, you know, and moved 5,000 miles away from home so I could leave the bully behind. So, yeah, very you much. Know, this never stops. Uh, people never stop bullying you. I mean, uh, even, if, even if today when I have made a few films, I have gained some confidence overall in my knowledge, in my in myself and everything. Uh, there are so many people around me who always, you know, who always seek a chance to, you know, pursue me in a way like, okay, you are still crazy. You have, you don't have knowledge. You are just, you know, showing off around and um, yeah, you know, you are nothing in front of me, basically. I am more eligible than you. And all of those are men, basically. I, this is sad, but most of them are men and there is this experience which I have faced and I say that some it's not I mean there is this very false narration that women help women but I have seen so many women around me also who demotivates you when you do something different they will demotivate you definitely yes well I think that um there's something about the people like you, people like me who say, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to forge my own path. I'm going right. my own way. It's really not the way everybody else goes, but I'm going to go this way. And it really is a challenge to people. They get very triggered by that. Right. And right. It's exactly the fact that you're going your own way that triggers them to say, don't go your own way. You know, it's like... Right. Um, and then when you found this sponsor, the, the travel company sponsor, um, that must have been very gratifying to find somebody who not only was willing to support you, but, but really shared some vision with you as well. Yes, it was a great support. I mean, uh, otherwise I was in a situation like, okay, so the second half of the film won't be made. And I was left with a half film and what will I do? I don't know. Like, <laughs> Because all my camp and money went in the first phase of shooting. Uh-huh. And um, most of them went into buying tickets because uh, I was very thankful that uh, all these women helped me in with the stay because wherever I was going, I stayed with them in the house. So the big big amount of expenses were saved. Yes. Which is travel, local travel, accommodation, stay, hotels, and food. Yes, yes, that's great. And I guess they invited you to come to their home because you were a rock climber and a filmmaker. But... Uh, yes. Uh, and in a way, like I asked for this help openly that, see, uh, 
I'm an independent filmmaker and this is my passion project. It's not a commercial project and there is no such, I just want to bring this story. I mean, I think they somewhere see, saw the passion inside me that why this bringing this story was important. And I think that was important for them also because before my film in India, women were not known in extreme sports. Right. So, so that film paved a path yes. and made an identity, helped them make, making an identity. That is fantastic. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, as I said, I learned this through one of my clients. So when you're in that world, extreme sports, outdoors, adventure, environment, filmmaking, um, it's like a, it's like a particular niche, right? It's a, a very, so over the years, you have also now been able to earn money in that niche. And so when was the first time you had that experience? When, when did you even see that that was a possibility? Uh, so films only. So, uh, after making this film, um, because people started getting to know me also. Uh, so one filmmaker, when one adventure filmmaker, he invited me uh, to work on his project. And that was a big project. He was working on that uh, film for the last three years. And he wanted me to join uh, that project as a director and as an editor. And as also, in so many- Was that also what? an outdoor film? Yes, that is also an outdoor film. And uh, after that film, we did a lot of experiments. Like, um, so uh, that film was licensed by a broadcast media channel. And we also did some screenings, uh, local screenings where so many people actually bought the ticket, which was a way to, you know, how we as a filmmaker, we as an independent filmmaker make money. Yes. And we also sold uh, online. We also sold the film online. So they're like all these things were done. And that actually uh, made me realize that, okay, this is one of the way where people like me can make the money. What was that film called? It was Kokan Kara. Kokan Kara. Kokan Kara. Yes. What was that about? Uh, the, that film was about uh, two friends with a dream to climb big wall in the in maharashtra because that kokankara is a very big wall in maharashtra and ma because the maharashtra terrain is quite difficult to climb there is no water harsh weather and climate change and um, all these wildlife problems also rock rock keeps falling uh, so I mean, no one, no other Indian has climbed that specific route in a very short time. There is one group who climbed that route in 90s and those people are not fully known to people, to masses. So these people had a dream to climb that mountain. And this film is all about friendship, climbing together, but because of the climbing, their friendship also broke. Oh. So everything is just in this film. 
Wow. This film is a journey of their friendship and climbing. Yes. Yes. So you you started to see ways that you could make money as a filmmaker which yes you know, i cuz i noticed you, you for your you you said about your first film oh it's a passion project uh, and yes. i think a lot of filmmakers use that term and what they actually mean cuz i feel as though as a as a co- business coach i'm always translating for filmmakers <laughs> and i think what they mean by a passion project is I'm going to spend all my own money and I'm not going to make any money. I think that's what they mean. You know? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that is called passion project, but I was lucky to, um, uh, I had not enough money to make the film. So I decided, uh, I mean, with friends help also, because I was connecting with a lot of people and I was sharing them that, see, I don't have money and I want to make this. And they were, they were giving me ideas that Opal, okay, Opal, you can do this. Maybe you can do that. So one of, one of such friends, uh, uh, she gave me this idea that why don't you, uh, you have public, uh, fu- why don't you collect funds from public? You just create a link. She just described me uh, all the things because I was very new to all these ideas. And she helped me understanding the pattern. Um, and uh, yes, I did that. So most of the donations were made by my family members, my brother, my brother's brother, cousin brother. And uh, some uh, donations were made by people who uh, with whom I climbed. So that's how not much money was collected, but whatever money was collected, that was enough to book my tickets first because that was a priority. And um, yeah, yeah. for the second happened. We call it crowdfunding, you know. That's yes. And um, I love crowdfunding for my clients because I think it's a great way to learn to speak about you know, myself as a filmmaker, about my work as a filmmaker, about what I'm doing as a filmmaker. And you have to talk about it over and over and over and over again. (laughs) So it's a very good training. Right, right. Also, the money is a great way to get the ball rolling and to get things going. Without any money, it's very hard to get things going. Right, right. Crowdfunding is a great source, actually. Yeah, it's fantastic. What was the first time that you actually did a job that was a commercial job in this, you know, in your filmmaking? Uh, So after making a few films, um, because people started getting to know me through film festivals. So I got some projects through people who watched me on screen during film festivals and uh, yeah, made some collaborations. I, there were some uh, agencies based in, based out of USA. So of course that was uh, with outdoor concept, but they hired me for this, that commercial project. And later on I did, uh, of course I did a few projects in Nepal, but all through my films and people who watch that film and people who like that film, they decided to collaborate. And of course that <laughs> those collaborations were good. Yes. Um, the one that uh, I saw that was uh, Polar Tech, I think. Yes. Yes. Company, right? It was uh, Colors Campaign. Yes. Uh, they they uh, collaborated with 10 filmmakers across the globe and they hired me from India. 
So. That was beautiful. Um, and, you know, the thing is about this, when, when I talk, always talk about to filmmakers about the niche, because before the internet, the, this whole concept of the niche really didn't exist. But now, so, so now it's like, I met you. Anytime anybody ever mentions to me, well, I want to make a film in India. I want to do something about women. I want to do something about sports. I know who to call, right? <laughs> of course, of course. Right, because you have yeah. this such a clear specialization and I just can't imagine talking to anybody else. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's really um, important. And so, you know, so what I'm asking about really is how a filmmaker moves forward with what I I don't like the term passion project, because as I said, it sounds to me as if uh, Mm -hmm. but you know, to take that, to take that passion that actually took you to say, well, I'm a rock climber. Okay, I'm going to be a storyteller and start that process. But then that process leads you to having an expertise that is very valuable to people. Very, you know, and a lot of times filmmakers, I think, are not, um, are not giving themselves enough credit for how valuable their skills are, you know? I think I think often, you know, when we have a talent, I learned this years ago about myself. Um, when I fir- Actually, when I first started studying film, everybody in my class asked me to shoot their film for them. So I was the DP on all these um, student films that we were making. And it took me a long time to realize, oh, I had some kind of talent, I had some kind of eye, that not everybody else had. But when you have an innate talent, you don't realize that it's special. You just think everybody has that talent. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, I was also uh, not like that always. Uh, it took me time to appreciate my talent, appreciate myself. I was also not able to uh, receive uh, good uh, feedbacks from people whenever people used to you know tell me that oh, okay Kopa, you're so inspiring you are doing really great you do such a great job or you are such a good rock climber or uh, you make good films i was not able to receive the appreciation ah. you know what, what i'm trying to say what did you do in your head when yes in my head because that was not enough that was not enough and i thought the same that okay how different this is. Everybody is doing this. I'm not so unique. But with time, I realized that, okay, it's not just everybody, but it's me. And if I will not appreciate myself, then people won't appreciate my work. So it's really important to start with you within you. And uh, yeah, there were people all around me who were always demotivating me and I did not know how to answer to them. Right. And I, I used to feel bad. I used to cry. And, but now I'm like, okay, I know how to answer to that person also in a very nice, with very nice gesture. And I know who I am as well. That's fantastic. So when you made, um, Kokan, Kokankara, was that when you were just describing that rock and that wall and um, was that the same one that you made the film The Rock Charm Affair about? Uh, No, uh, it was completely different films. The one was Project Wild Woman. It was the other one. Was it the same mountain? 
No, very different mountains. So, uh, Project Y Woman, it's about 14 women and 10 different extreme sports. It's not just about rock climbing, but I did cover surfing, I did cover ice climbing, skateboarding, longboarding, all the outdoor and alternative sports in India. And the other one was all about rock climbing. Yes, 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 yes. Wall, mountain climbing. So what are you working on today, Kopal? Yes, I'm excited to tell you about that. So uh, in three years, because this is a long term goal and this like quite a heavy project, there is this mountain in, in the Himalayas, which is known as Meru. And there is only one team. If you know, um, so there are three people in the world who have climbed that mountain in 2000 something. Uh, if you know the name of the, uh, if you know Jimmy Chin, have you heard of his name, Jimmy Chin? And his, uh, they recently won an Oscar for an outdoor film called Free Solo. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know the film. I don't yes. remember his name. So he was one of the person who climbed that mountain in 2000-ish. I don't remember the exact year. Uh, I just forgot. But we are planning to climb that uh, oh. big wall. And uh, we, are, we have already started our training for that, our, all the plannings, working on the plannings and like that. So in 2015, our goal is to climb that mountain. Well, Kopal... And make I, a film, of course. There's something I just don't understand here. So in the film that you sent me, The Rock Chum Affair, all of those people climbing are men. You are the also climbing. You are also yes. carrying a camera. I don't understand it. I can't, I can't wrap my brain around how you're doing it. Okay, uh, so there's some behind the scenes available on YouTube. Uh, so some from like Jimmy Chen itself and uh, Ren and Arjo, they are very good. I mean, they are uh, legends. They are filmmakers, they are rock climbers, they are I'm adventurous. Them. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. Yes, I do, I do the same way. And that's the best part that you don't just climb, but you do multitask at time. And... That is something which I crave for. I never feel satisfied doing just one thing. I feel like I am very good at in multitasking. And that's what makes me feel alive. Wow, that is just fantastic. I, I so yes. identify with you. You know, um, yes. one of my clients years ago, he said to me, Joanne, how do you remember everything about my film? And I said, oh, I don't know why, but I, you know, any, any film, I just, I always remember it. And he said, but how do you do that with all your clients? How do you remember all the films? And I said, I don't know, but that's what I like the most. I just, I like, you know, all the, working on all these films, all these different things. And I think it's what you were just saying. There's something about the satisfaction of, using every part of your being and with the rock climbing i mean obviously i sit in a chair when i'm working with my clients but you're it is also that physical every physical part of you is being stretched to the max right but also right. Your, your brain your thinking your creativity all at the same time right right but let me tell you an interesting thing that um 
uh, surviving as a documentary filmmaker keep that aside that i do adventure filmmaking and i go to extremes terrain and blah 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 but documentary filmmaking itself is at a struggling phase in india i mean the industry is growing of course because there are uh, films who are making to sundance who are making to oscars even this year one indian film one indian documentary one oscars uh, the elephant whispers and uh, there were two two films in the same year who made who made it to oscars and um, this year also there are so many uh, people who have received good grants like chicken and egg and uh, sundance and uh, big grants uh, but um, yeah because that this profession itself is quite struggling uh, i don't rely on making money through filmmaking so there are alternative approaches which i take to make my livelihood um, and i think that is a big support yes uh, and i really i really want to su- suggest people who want to make films uh, who especially like when you have uh, describe how you take passion projects uh, people you know people invest their own money whatever savings they have so i think um, taking alternative approaches uh, gives can actually help you to uh, have some bank balance because uh, when you go out and shoot so you can you know uh, mentally be really free and not thinking about how will my monthly expenses be like for the next month yes. and where will i get that from yes very 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 important and you know when you you said earlier that when you when you had your first film in a festival and you realize oh wait it's not just india that where filmmaking is a struggle or documentary filmmaking is a struggle it's everywhere and you know so my work no uh there is not it's not same i mean in western countries uh this is quite a good industry i mean this is a established industry uh, i mean if you ask me living in india i think that uh, uh, there is established market for documentary filmmakers in europe in america but in india you don't get funds easily even if you have a great idea because of the political instability and other things which impacts getting getting your funds directly and indirectly it is um, quite challenging but it's not an issue for uh, i think because uh, there are so many good and hot uh, provoking documentaries coming from western worlds which i think we won't in living in india we won't be able to ever make that if we especially i personally because i have been developing two documentaries since the last two years and it's quite challenging i mean people are not ready to even listen to my ideas and talk to me because that is politically re- relating that film talks uh, about political instable situations in india yes and uh, that's a struggle Yes. And yeah. What I was going to say is that my my whole work, my whole life is dedicated to teaching filmmakers how to raise money. There is nothing easy about fundraising. It doesn't matter what the film is, what right. the, who the filmmaker is, you know. And so, but 
my belief is that when a filmmaker is up-leveling their career, they also have to up-level their fundraising skills um, because fundraising is always, always a challenge and, um, and it always will be, you know, there's, I do, you know, there's, I guess it happens for some filmmakers, but I don't really, I personally don't believe there's ever going to be a point where filmmakers will not have to work hard at raising money. Right, right, right. This is going to be the situation for another, I don't know how many years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, even Christopher Nolan has to talk about money. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> everyone, everyone. Yeah, I've read, I've read. I've been reading so many uh, articles about how to raise funds, how to, you know, get you yourself as uh, sponsors, um, uh, things like that. But uh, yeah, uh, of course, this, this is a very big challenge. Yes. Well, we have to talk. We have to talk. So I just want to make sure if anybody has a question, I always like for you to come on video. I don't like to try to follow in the chat. So if anybody, Sam, yay. Thank you so much. I hope when people ask questions. I hope uh, hope to see your movies one of these days. Uh, But my question, uh, I I have a couple of questions. Um, Um. uh, does the government, does your government, uh, uh, your, does your country's government, uh, su- like, uh, su- support filmmakers? Do they give money to filmmakers in India? Yes, there are, they have established an organization actually, which helps you to get some funds, but, um, there are so many gaps, which, needs to be filled because when they release some information that is not known to population or people who are into the industry itself and uh, the there is i don't know there is this hidden monopoly i guess I, how should i tell you that um, when things come and when things go we don't know so of course there are there is some help but that help is not accessible by the majority of the people What I would also add about that, which is a great question, Sam, is that um, America is now the only country in the the world that does not um, provide any filmmaking funding from the government. But India was the second to last. So India only established some funding for its own filmmakers a very, very short while ago. Let's call it five years. I mean, with COVID, was it five years? Was it eight years? I don't know. But anyway, um, it was a very recent uh, thing. So India is very, very, very new in this world of fundraising. So there are other countries that have a much more established tradition. So yeah. certain countries, um, Canada, Mexico, Argentina, uh, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, for example, is just moving really, really fast to, because certain countries, and in America, certain states, even certain cities have realized the benefit of investing in filmmaking. And they are giving tax incentives, grants, this and that, this and that. And then there are other places I was just talking about this the other day in my class, other places like where I'm living in Florida, 
where idiots are cutting out all of, all of the funding and all of the tax incentives. Um, and uh, but and but sensible people have realized, sensible countries, states, cities have realized that providing incentives to filmmakers is very smart business. And the reason why I, I asked this question is because, I mean, my country's government, I'm American and, uh, and I'm from uh, Oakland, California, which actually, you know, has, has quite a big uh, independent film industry in the Bay Area as much as New York does. So it's mostly the states that support the arts rather than the government because, because I have, uh, my country has a government that does not give a hoot about the arts ever since Ronald Reagan's, ever since the Reagan era, which is, which is really not good. And so the National Endowment for the Arts is, is in really deep trouble. And so it's, it's, up, it's up to us struggling artists to, you know, support ourselves in the arts because we can't rely on our government. But what uh, I will say is that Oakland has some fantastic grants for artists, mm -hmm. also for filmmakers, and California has some fantastic grants for filmmakers. So um, if you look at the city level in Oakland and at the state level in California, there is funding available. And I wouldn't worry about the fact that the American government isn't interested in supporting the arts because other places are. Sorry, Kopal, what were you going to say? Kopal, yes. Go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. It, yeah. Uh, so my answer to your question is, uh, there is not much support and even if whatever small support they give you that is not known and accessible by most of the people even from the industry people so it's equal to not providing or providing a little bit my second question and thank you for for your answer my second question is um will you ever get to climb the mountains of um yosemite national park I want to, but someday if I make it to that place, I will definitely would like to climb because that is one such place in my list. Great, because I mean, Yosemite is practically my, my favorite national park in all of my country. Right, uh, right. Yeah, so. And uh, yeah, and yeah, that place is quite a legend place uh, in terms of, I mean, you can call it Makkah for rock climbers because people from across the world and so many great climbs. That place has seen so many great climbs, so many hard climbs. Amazing. So, here, here is a symbol that symbolizes you and me as artists. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you for your questions. Thank you. You're welcome. So much. Um, does anybody Thank else you, have a question? Uh, Thank you to Sam. You're welcome. Please raise your digital hand or just come and wave your hand if you're. Um, so I, I have a question. It just popped into my head. Um, in terms of your own rock climbing, um, are you in competitions? Do you do anything like that? Or is now your rock climbing and your filmmaking completely combined? Yeah, uh, so in terms of rock climbing and competitions i have participated in few competitions but now because uh, i'm uh, i've just shifted from another city to another city i mean it's not very recent but uh, here we don't have so much of opportunity 
in terms of rock climbing we have just established uh, an indoor gym but yes but uh, now is quite tough for me to balance between my filmmaking and rock climbing also so whenever i get time i am not focusing on the competition side of it but i'm just focusing on keeping myself engaged in rock climbing so that whatever goals i have i can fulfill that i can be strong with day in coming days and um, yeah and every time i look out for opportunity to have something nice to bring to the world so that it's not just for the sake of filmmaking i'm making films but there is i want to make an impact through my films and that is always i mean to be honest i want to bring some you know put lights on some critical topics uh, mm-hmm. from indian landscape right. and that is my goal for coming uh, years and uh, i just want to see that where it goes because it's like i'm close to some developments and something is not being right and so yeah things have not been aligned but i am trying to do that fantastic be hey did you have a question i sure do i want to first thank you both for this wonderful uh, forum for filmmakers and i resonate so deeply with uh gopal and i thank you for your work i thank you for representing women filmmakers and women of color filmmakers which i am i'm working on my second documentary and it is black woman centered and it addresses questions and issues that need to be addressed especially at a time in our country where history is being so mangled you mentioned florida you know that that whole anti woke thing but my question i'm going to get off my soapbox is um I t- I hop on there so often. Um how successful was your uh online sales? And and what was the best platform for that? And thank you both so much. Great question. And um how do do we call you? Do we call you B or oh, Brenda? Brenda Hayes. Brenda. Okay, yeah. Brenda. Uh what is your documentary about that you're making right now? This the second documentary is Ain't I a Black Woman? Lumpkins uh Liberation Lumpkins Legacy. The touchstone is of the film is a uh woman Mary Lumpkin who was enslaved in Virginia. She uh self-liberated her children and herself. And she is a name that most people don't know. So my whole push is to say her name and the names of the black women today who are self-liberating their communities through through uh health through activism organizing art uh, because the through line of slavery that institution is no longer above ground but there is a through line of racism in this country that still impacts many many people and i want to showcase the women the black women who are uh combating that and uh being successful and um letting their voices be heard thank you brenda and thank you for saying her name liberation lumpkin is it uh, her name is mary lumpkin mary lumpkin and you can check out my website at brendaahays.com brendaahays.com once again thank you lovely Copal so what what do you what do you have to suggest to Brenda about 
making some money on her movie. Uh, hey, Brenda, thank you for your question and uh, congratulations to you for working on that powerful story. Uh, so my question to you, uh, my answer to you will be, so we, I made my own website and um, um, yeah, created that uh, whole system where people, actually the that entire event was quite successful because uh, even if when uh, we released the trailer on YouTube for free, it uh, received a large amount of views, which was 3 million views in just a few weeks. So we knew that people loved the trailer and they were eagerly waiting for the film. Uh, so uh, yeah, we found we just found a good occasion and um, released the film on our website through ticketing system. and. Uh, and before that, we launched the film through physical screening. So people, so many people uh, came to physical screening, which was again a success. And this is this was all for the very first time. Before this, I never did this. That was just a trial to see how this, how, you know, how the, the this entire thing comes come out, uh, and what success we get. And after that people actually asked us that like where can i see this movie again i want to show this movie to my friends or family or i want to screen this at my home and so yeah that was that motivated us uh, to create our own platform but uh, after a few days that film was licensed by a broadcast channel and um, but still we were broadcasting on our own channel as well until today, there are purchases. Uh, people are watching that film. Uh, the progress has been slowed slowed down because, uh, of course, this all works under hype. That you create a strategy and uh, you uh, you know use that entire strategy to make something successful, and that's how that. So. Went. When you so you had the film on your own website, but then when you got the broadcaster, you still kept the rights to be able to sell it on your yes, own. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, we were we did not deal with exclusive license, but in exclusive license. Right. Uh, exactly. Exactly. That was just something I really wanted Brenda to hear <laughs> because um, it's very very important uh, that you carve out the the phrase we use in America, that you carve out the rights so that you can sell the film on your own, no matter what else is going on in terms of broadcast licenses or whatever licenses, you know, but that you can always sell your own film. I have a client right now made a very, very successful documentary. And unfortunately, he wasn't working with me at the time. And so he licensed it to a broadcaster and now he cannot sell his own film oh. and he signed a 10-year contract with oh that company who I would never allow any of my clients to work with. Right. And um, I should rephrase that because I can suggest things to my clients that they don't necessarily do. Mm. But usually this is a particular company that I would like. Uh, absolutely not. And, and then I would say to them, let's say one of my clients was determined they wanted to work with this company. I would say, okay, my recommendation would be, it says 10 years in their contract. 
my recommendation would be that you go to them and you renegotiate that so that you can get out of the deal in 24 months. And then my client would probably think that was a good idea. And then they would go to the company and the company would say, this is our contract. There are no changes. And my recommendation would be to never do business with a company that will not redline. Right. But this company, this is their standard operating procedure, 10 year contract, no changes. Um, And now he's, he's only in about year three or four. (laughs) But this is typical, 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 typical of the kind of deals that filmmakers make. And yes, because people are not really aware of all the formalities and like they're not really into it because they do it for the first time and there are there are not not so many people around them with such an experience who can suggest them so they take just bad decisions and uh, we we were just lucky enough because uh, we uh, we we were very clear in our mind from the very beginning that we are not letting ourselves exploit even if we don't sell off and even if we don't you know uh, make money we will deal with very uh, in a very comfortable manner so that everything is just so understandable by us what is going on what should we uh, if, if we should rethink on the terms and conditions they have been coming uh, with so we did some negotiations and uh, they were asking for the film for very less amount and we were like no we can't do this and we, because we knew the value of that film and after this license, there was another uh, famous uh, media platform from India who licensed the film. So th- th- that's how we got the second license. We like begin the second license. So yeah, excellent. That well, was great. Excellent. I've been waiting a long time to meet you. So I'm thrilled uh, to meet you and. Um, and we should definitely, definitely talk about raising money. And um, yeah, my 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 entire purpose in life is to help filmmakers be better fundraisers. And thanks everybody else who came and listened in today. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Emily, for running the show. And um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And uh, Copal, what a pleasure to meet you. Oh, you know what? Amy. Before we go, I just have to say one more thing. We met through Brown Girls Stock Mafia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I forgot yes. to mention that. Um, Brown Girls Stock Mafia is a documentary organization for women of color, documentary filmmaker women of color. And uh, it's just my favorite. My favorite organization is. Yes. I've, I've got few gigs through that group. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah because you can just go on there and say hey anybody in india (laughs) yes even if i'm not talking about business i can talk about just any help getting any help and they are there i will find some people who might be interested in helping me so i was some days i was looking for okay can someone help me to uh, buy climbing shoes because in india we don't get good climbing shoes and there are people who were like okay just tell me we will you know Things like that. So. Yeah, it's an extraordinarily supportive group. It's fantastic. So I just remember yeah. to say goodbye without 
Giving props to Bangladesh. Yeah, great talking to you. Great talking to you about funds because this is such an important thing. And so many lives have been destroyed. I would say demotivated just because they are not able to get the right information about how to raise yes. funds. I, I actually met um, these three very young Indian women filmmakers they had made their first documentary and uh, now I'm not going to remember the name of it but a very 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 important topic where um, women are being divorced by the use of one word I can't I can't remember now the whole story but anyway talak, talak, I guess talak. so they they made a film about the concept of talak and how these women the law is the law is getting changed in india so that was a hot topic yes and so i met these three young women they were in their early 20s and we got on a zoom and they were literally ashen their faces drawn the fear and basically the situation was that they had uh borrowed uh $60,000 US to make this feature film which was very important okay okay and now they couldn't move forward because they had no money and they owed all this money and they had no way to figure out how to make it back and this is this is a place i find i meet a lot of filmmakers they've had the passion has driven them to get to that place and then they're stuck you know yes right very true I was like, I can definitely help you. I can definitely help you raise money. We can do this. But they couldn't, they couldn't move forward in any way because they had absolutely no money. And they were absolutely terrified. Because like you said, you don't want to be on that mountain shooting that movie and not know how your rent is going to get paid next month. <laughs> right? And it's a very 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 common place that i see filmmakers get and if they get into that place they may never make another film again so i don't right. want to end on a negative note but this is this <laughs> is why i'm here this is why i'm here this is why i talk to filmmakers and thank you for sharing so honestly and generously all right we will we'll be in touch bye bye sure. thank you thank you kapal thank you emily thank you guys Thank you for joining me. Bye. You're welcome. And my email is uh, on the chat, so if you want it. Uh